0: Boss is here! Military parents never miss a beat, and neither does the Johns Hopkins U.S.
1: Family Health Plan. Built for every warrior in your family, with more than 40 years of service to military families. Tricare Prime Benefits plus exclusive extras. Learn more at warriorsathome.com.
0: Hello, and welcome back to another very special episode of Yahweh Reddit. I'm one of your hosts, Meggie.
2: And I'm also one of your hosts. My name's Laura.
0: And this is our last book in the John Green series. We are reading the 2017 Turtles All the Way Down. Um, It is definitely, like, something that captures, um, like, the later 2010s that I feel like there's not a lot of media for, and I'm very excited about it. And I'm also doubly excited because joining us today is our very good friend Nate Todd.
1: Hi. Yay. Stoked to be here. Yay.
2: Thank you for coming Nate. We're so excited. Yeah. Also our first repeat guest. Let's some- go.
1: Oh my gosh. We, can you not, are.
2: we cannot not mention. Uh, uh, Nate was here for the second Maze Runner prequel. <laughs> um, and it was, oh, that was so bad. That, yeah. was, that book was a, a trip. And this book was also a trip, but in a much better and more pleasant oh, way. Oh, yeah.
1: Level of enjoyment with, in quality of books. This just completely 180. Oh,
2: my God. I no, it. I devoured this book. I guzzled it yes. right down my little throat like it was a turtle. It was really good for those of you who
0: might not be familiar with Turtles All the Way Down and maybe stopped at the Fault in the Stars. I feel like it's like the same iteration of um, like people in like TV shows will have certain times when they stop watching. I think like in Dexter, like when, when his wife dies, it's like you either are part of the Fault in the Stars people or you kept reading. Yeah, But Turtles All the Way Down is about a girl named Aza who has obsessive compulsive disorder and she kind of—it's like a little bit of a murder mystery.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm—I'm I'm really excited to talk about. I also really like this book as a representation of mental health because we never like nobody ever runs into the room and is like, "Aza, your OCD is showing." It's just like we just kind of see it through her eyes, and it's never like blanketly like said or stated. It's just very mm-hmm. much like it's a thing that's a part of her, and it really just does, um, re- really kind of destroy her entire psyche, which is, um. Really, like chilling to watch, and we'll we'll get into all of this. But I'm really, really excited to um, talk about this, um, especially as this is most John Green's most recent young adult book. Uh, we don't know if he'll ever write one again. I assume he would. Um, but uh, I was telling Maggie this earlier, um, be- texting before we started this, that John Green uh, has officially graduated from using the R word in his books and also making any fat phobic comments. Wow. Um, But then, yeah, that it's like, that's also such a product, I think, of like the 2010s. Like we were all so awful about, you know, Mm -hmm. saying things are gay or telling people they're fat or being so obsessed with our image and stuff like that. So this book very much feels like um, coming into a light of where we are today. (laughs) That's great. He also
0: wrote this book because he has OCD, right? I just found like a guardian article that said yeah
2: that he, he, I, he has some some semblances of that i'm pretty sure i could be oh wow that. i
1: can't believe it's been six years since he's wrote a book then that yeah since 2017 i kind of always thought of him as like a very like almost like a like a stephen king yeah no
2: no, no not about. at all
1: i think maybe just there was a time where i saw so many of his films being, yeah like, or so many of his books being adapted into film uh
0: Oh. yeah because i think i think then he switched over into like podcasts and then he mm-hmm. recently came out with a book that i think was more nonfiction. i think in the last yeah. two-ish years yeah um, i think
2: he's done a book of like essays too or something mm-hmm. but yeah no yeah. he's definitely a very prolific writer and also just, i think of just a very prolific creator because it's not like oh he's just an off- author he also has his like Vlogbrothers empire He has, you know, his podcasts and everything like that. So it's, like, he's very versatile. Um, And I feel like this book very much tapped into all of the things John Green does as tropey, but in, like, the best way. Like, this really highlights the strengths of his entire career, I would say. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, so let's, let's dive in. Cause I feel like we're just, we're just like pre-gushing before the actual gush of the book. <laughs> yes. Um, so let's dive in. So we have our protagonist, Aza, who we are introduced to. And at the start of the book, she is having lunch with her two best friends. Michael and Daisy, and we immediately kind ofly, uh, we immediately get a limelight into kind of how Aza perceives and feels she's perceived. She immediately says that she feels like she's a sidekick to Daisy, and we immediately get a lens into um, her worrying about a lot of things.
1: Yeah, yes, yeah. Uh, I kind of loved how we were introduced to her as like just kind of like any normal any. Well, yeah. quote-unquote normal teen. You know, it, like, the, the first couple, like, the first chapter or two, I'm trying to figure out, like, okay, what's what's the deal here? Like, yeah. you know, as, as we hey, do, when start, deal Hey, what's the deal Yeah, and then I, I, like, distinctly remember, like, this, this altered feeling I got when she first talked about the i'm gonna totally butcher everything how she described it but like the microorganisms within her stomach yeah and how like she kind of oh sorry i wasn't paying attention i was literally thinking about this very elaborate disease that i definitely have i'm totally fearful of having um and yeah the disease that she's obsessed with
2: yeah
0: yeah she's obsessed with c diff which is like um an inflammation of the colon according to google um and she is really like um very obsessed with germs and when Daisy is talking and more specifically asking her if she knows about this person named Davis Pickett who is the son of a billionaire um because uh Aza and Davis went to camp together Aza's just like not orphan orphan camp camp, yes yeah Yeah. her dad is dead um but she's just not (laughs) yeah I think that's pretty early on that it's said
2: no, oh, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, no, I was joking. Um, Spoiler. But um, ASA's also very open with her thoughts. She's like, yep, I'm not paying attention. This is what I'm doing. Um, so Daisy immediately is like, hey, we should hang out after school. And like, let's distract you from your thought spiral. Um, and we also learned that her mom is a math teacher at the school. And we get a little aside with her and her mom that compares school to prison um which I like yeah. that her mom brought that up she's like yep this is basically prison so have fun at next period <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: that was pretty that was a pretty eye-opening yeah part where it like, kind of made you realize that, that of course you have to you know check You're like well no it's not actually like prison but like how they compare it with you know the bells ringing at like the arbitrary time of oh class kids have at two forty seven. 47 yeah uh, everything I thought that was that was kind of funny to hear from the mom
0: yeah yeah I do love that they they have like a very fun like friend dynamic which is super super sweet but her mom is like very stressed being a single mom about paying for her college something they're gonna have to figure out later on um because right now Daisy is going over to Aza's and she has work at Chuck E. Cheese later what a flex I would have been so excited to be like Yes, I was Chester E. Cheese
2: last night. (laughs) (laughs) She's she's really embarrassed by it, which I'm like, Daisy, you wait till you get to college. People are going to love that fact about you that you were Charles Entertainment Cheese a few Mm -hmm. nights a week.
0: And (laughs) Daisy is wanting Aza to like suss out this mystery because Aza is the link to Davis Pickett, aforementioned billionaire son. And Davis's dad has recently gone missing. He's evaded the cops for like tax evasion, and he has a $100,000 bounty on his head. And Daisy really wants that money.
2: Yeah, yeah. They hear about this like while they're like shuffling through the radio on her like a uh, car that was her dad's car, Harold, Harold that she named Harold the car. Um, and I also do love that as a plot point because John Green does have this like way of writing that always feels like you're like watching like a like a movie. Mm-hmm. And that like kind uh-huh. of moment where they're scrubbing through the radio and then they hear you know about the thing that they were talking to at lunch and now it has a reward. It felt like such like a movie to me, and I was like, dang it, I'd watch this movie.
1: <laughs> I um uh, I had a and you uh, can. Like a, I had, like, a Daisy-esque best friend in, in high school who, um, you know, sadly, I, I no longer really keep, yeah. in to- keep in touch with or associate with. Um, but the the dynamic between the two, how they both have their very, like, they have very polarizing yeah. personalities, but yet still still manage to, like, mesh together uh, in a way that, like, you know, uplifts one another, but also ultimately that we find out later on in the book you know, there's, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, uh, what's the word, contention? Is that, uh, well, yeah, uh, contention, yeah, contention is a good between word. the two, um, but I, I kind of loved seeing the, the start of this, uh, start for us, like this, this friendship of, okay, clearly they're, they're in each other's lives and they know a lot about each other, but they also have totally two different things going on, yeah.
2: um,
1: yep. which I feel like definitely represents friendship in high school in a mm-hmm. way. It was really
0: fun because they did, um, like, absolutely push each other to embrace their fears, and they both feared different things. Like, in this Mm -hmm. moment, um, when they hear about the billionaire on the radio, um, Daisy's like, we're taking initiative because Aza knows that there's a security camera in the woods for deers and stuff. And she's like, maybe the billionaire's on the camera. And Daisy kind of pushes... Um, Aza out of her comfort zone to like go on the river and go down white river in indiana which is like a really dirty river but it's like when Aza is pushed to be in those situations her mind just like doesn't think about the things because it's like this is the thing we're doing and it seems like daisy is definitely a doer mm-hmm. and Aza kind of grounds her sometimes
2: back to earth yeah
1: i'd also like to note that daisy um is a prolific author in writing for the readers who may not know, uh, Star Wars fan fiction. Yes. More specifically, uh, romantic and intimate stories between Chewbacca and Rey. Yeah. Which, um, I don't know how much of y'all have seen Star Wars, but that is absolutely hilarious and endearing. Oh, I think it's so funny. And I just love how she's been doing it for years. And it is a a cornerstone to her character. Yeah. (laughs) She's
0: a really staunch defender of it, too, because she's like, oh, so there's nothing wrong with, like, Han Solo. Like, his lore being that he was married to, to like a Wookiee, but when Ray is, it's like I'm a furry. I yeah. was like,
2: you go off, you have and, your hot take. And this is also a really good example of John Green, as we know throughout reading his books, like he's just like a fountain of like weird facts and weird knowledge. And this is a really good way of him to utilize something he knows a lot about but put it into a, his character in a way that makes sense uh, by having just a teen girl who writes fan fiction. I thought that was such a nice like way of doing what he's done in a lot of his books by just having like, yep, this is her thing and this is why it makes sense. Um, but they have she does call into work, into Chuck E. Cheese, so they can go investigate. She pretends she's sick um asa has an old canoe that's filled with spiders um Mm -hmm. well dead spiders i should say so they can go down the white river since her house is right there um and they can you know take a little sail on down to davis pickett's mansion um and Aza's kind of getting lost in her thoughts in a good way while they're going down the um river which i think is really good uh kind of start because as the book goes on her spirals get worse and worse and worse Mm -hmm. So this Mm -hmm. is kind of her getting lost in her thoughts in a good way. Um, But they, like, immediately find this camera that they're looking for in the woods. She immediately gets the pictures on her phone because it has, like, a Bluetooth hookup. And they immediately get a picture of uh, Randall Pickett's, like, back, leaving at, like, 5 in the morning. So they're like, great, that was pretty easy. That was pretty easy. And they kind of have,
0: like, no time to process this because a security guard um, saw Aza, like, over there doing things so daisy was like we gotta act fast so she breaks the canoe and she's like hey oh my gosh mr security man i think his name is lyle his name's lyle like the
1: crocodile
0: oh you mean voiced by sean mendez yes just like that and lyle (laughs) aka sean mendez comes over and their canoe has crashed and um daisy's like oh it's okay because davis uh is a friend of ours like we just we just needed help and we knew that this was his place and lucky for them davis goes along with it when the security guard brings him over because that was a very big shot in the dark
2: yeah but also davis isn't going to like let them off the hook he's immediately like i know you guys want this freaking reward that's what everybody wants so many people have been talking <laughs> to me at school today um but like i don't know where my dad is like i have nothing to tell you if that's what you want daisy she's going to she's going to come and clutch for a second time and she's gonna say no no no! we're not here for the reward we're here because Aza has a crush on you and it seems like
0: Davis might have a crush on her because in the most romantic heart-stopping like if someone did this to me in high school I would have been like wow he was like
2: I remember Dr. Pepper's your favorite soda do you want a Dr. Pepper I would have been like wow yeah amazing the amount of mentions for Dr. Pepper in this book big this chef's kiss for me cuz Dr. Pepper is a superior soda. It's a great soda made me want a Dr. Pepper personally. Um me too. But we also learn kind of in this that Davis doesn't really have like the best feelings towards his father. It's not like he's like distraught that his father's missing. He's mm. more upset and he's more just kind of indifferent in a way. It's kind of teetering that line. He's very much like my dad's going to get away with this. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's kind of a shitbag. Shitbag is a quote in this book. I'm not just saying that for the sake of the podcast. Um, And then he's like, anyway, enough about me and my feelings about my dad. Let's go meet Malik, the zoologist, and our tatora. So they go meet Malik, the zoologist, and their tatora, which is a fancy old tiny lizard.
0: Yeah, it's like a lizard from dinosaur times. It lives to be 150 years old. Same.
2: I will never die. I'm immortal. That sucks, doesn't it?
1: Hey, you know. Yeah. Now's the time to be it, I guess.
2: (laughs) Um, but Davis does offer them a ride home because their canoe is broken. Mm -hmm. Um, so he takes them into the main house where they meet his younger brother Noah and Rosa, who's like their house manager. Um, and we learn a little bit more about Davis here because Aza ends up kind of stalking the paintings that they have and they have little, you know side conversation about how he feels like he's always being watched um and he kind of wants his dad to stay gone in a way because without his dad maybe he'll be kind of free a little bit more
0: yeah and then he also keeps like mentioning that his younger brother just gets like a lot of hope from his dad that his dad will never fulfill so kind of like a reason he wants him gone Mm -hmm. and the car ride home is pretty um quiet once he drops him off, Aza gives him her number so they can, like, become friends again, whatever that means. And um, uh, Daisy is, like, uh, reporting on the big lizard that we met and dropping facts to Aza that his dad, the Billy, Davis's dad, left his entire fortune to the lizard
2: through a yeah. corporation.
0: Since you can't just outright leave money to an animal, which is fucking crazy.
2: Nuts. yeah yeah like that's absolutely not like the, the his kids don't get anything like it's just for the lizard um we're like that's absolutely insane and
1: the reason behind it being it's because he believes that this lizard will solve death or will cure death yeah that is the reason and, yeah um like all of his all the resources that he has manifested or created in his life you need know, to mm-hmm. go to making sure that this lizard, like, what, lives as long as possible and is studied on. Yeah. Like, I just love how in the book they said, cure death. Yeah.
2: And we don't learn that till later, and it's mentioned so casually, (laughs) and it's so funny, and I can't wait till we uh, get to that, like, specific moment, because I definitely want to talk about that more. (laughs) Um, But that night, Aza does kind of have a thought spiral, because now she's having some anxiety around the thoughts of dating somebody, Um, and she also has to kind of confess to her mom, like, why did a security guard drop off our fixed canoe? Um, and who is, uh, what, what's up with Davis Pickett?
0: The dating spiral was so funny. I read that out loud to Anne in the car because I was like, this reminds me of you. Because there was like number five because she goes through the reasons she doesn't want to, which is like kissing, you swap bacteria and whatever. And it's like those quiet moments when you're a couple and you're like, what are you thinking to the other person? And you're supposed to say something cute like I'm thinking about you. But she's like, but really, I'm thinking about this bacteria that solely exists in cow's stomachs. I was
2: like, "That is so funny. yeah. Yeah, no, I feel like Johnson does a good job of finding like humor in these moments of her thought spirals rather than just it being completely deteriorating to Aza. Um, Because I think if that was the entire book of just watching this poor teenage girl just like constantly have these negative spirals that inflict her with so much just nausea and pain and everything, it'd Mm -hmm. be such a harder book to read. But he does a really good book of finding those moments to kind of have...
1: Empathy. empathy and yeah. like moments
2: of a uh, lightheartedness with it
1: yeah it almost yeah. you know as as people for you know speaking for myself who who don't have these conditions yeah. you know we there, there could be many people uh, thankfully not super duper demonstrated in yeah. this book but there could be many people who don't have patience for people who have certain mental yeah. illnesses and OCD and in this way kind of going off of what you just said mm-hmm. Laura like we're, we're allowed to like find this endearing and, yeah. empath- and empathize with her in a way where we're like we're we're like warming up to how do you say her name asia Asia yeah uh to the to the end of the alphabet and back, mm-hmm. that's so beautiful um yeah which i i thought was just like an absolutely mm-hmm. pleasant way to to get to know her more mm-hmm.
0: yeah because i think there's like a lot of books i mean especially with like teen angst books i don't know maybe i'm just thinking of like the bell jar with sylvia plath but i think we get like a lot of depression books or like i'm mm-hmm. suicidal yeah. i think that's a very um You got all that anger and angst as a teen. That's the way to funnel it. And I don't really see a lot of obsessive compulsive or like the the nonstop thinking books. Yeah, or
2: even like yeah, just like at a base level anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. crazy. I was
0: like, oh man, because I think this way sometimes too a lot. Yeah, I, was like, I
2: wish I would have read these books instead mm-hmm. of like I want to kill myself.
0: Right? right? I no, like I 16. got I got
2: I got anxiety reading this book because I also have like thought spiral times, and I was like, oh, yeah. this is weird to read because this is exactly what it's like um and it was it was a lot I was like oh this book's so good but also a mirror in front of me yeah. um but that we night a bit
0: of like background too from this in the following yeah. uh, passage because we learned that like her dad dropped dead from just like a heart attack mowing mm-hmm. which I kind of thought was like maybe the reason she had a bit of OCD was like she never had an answer for like why her dad yeah. died it was just like a heart attack out of nowhere. So she was always thinking, what if there's this disease within me? Yeah.
2: yeah. And You know what? A lot of this book is, um, similar to the show. Never have I ever, which I know oh. came out after this book, but I was That's like, so this good. book has a lot of parallels. Um, just like with like the dead dad and the kind of, you know, having some sort of, uh, mental disorder after the fact and coping with that and learning with that. Um, and even like the breaking of the phone which happens later it's it's very weird lots of lots of similarities in between these two yeah um but this night they're going to go to applebees this is where daisy and her hang out because um her mom got swindled into buying a box of coupons which was from a boy scout which was mostly two for 10 dollar burgers at applebees Not a um, bad deal. so her and daisy are making their way through i love i love some frugal couponers Um, and that's also so relatable in high school. I feel like we all had those places that you went just because they were cheap. Like me and my friends always Mm -hmm. went to Steak and Shake. Always Burger Um, King. My mom had coupons to Burger King.
0: (laughs) I mean, you know that. My mom always has coupons to
2: Burger King. Um, but we learned that Daisy, um, is very very big in the fan fiction world we get more insight into that and she's received a dick pic from a fan oh
1: my gosh
2: um and Daisy's kind of just contemplating like is this what I've become a person (laughs) who gets dick pics based on on my writing
1: (laughs) the the, there's a part where um this is what I like started identifying a lot with Daisy is when she like Breaks down the mental thought process of someone <laughs> who wants to send a dick pic. Yeah. Um, if yeah. you all have notes on this, like please feel free to to, to share uh, in with us. But she basically kind of like walks through, yeah. like, oh, I just read this like content. I've enjoyed the love story between these two people. Um, you know what? A, a photo of my of my penis is a really good way to show my admiration to that. And I I just identified with that so much, not the sending yeah. the dick pics of of you know to anyone really, yeah. but just you know they're they're. It, I I feel like Daisy, like her, her character is, she, she's, she is very analytical. She has a very huge imagination because obviously she's writing like this content. Um, and for, I don't know, that, that scene where she kind of broke down that thought process, uh, just kind of really like cemented how she views, um, I, gosh, Asia, Aza Aza how how she'll like view Aza like moving, moving forward or how she tries to understand Aza as she learns more about her condition. Yeah.
2: Um, Yeah. Um, but they're also using this kind of uh, hangout to not just do homework and hang like they normally do. They're doing detective workshops. Yes, they are. Um, so they're they're learning about how wills work. Um, Aza's supposed to be researching the case more, but instead just starts stalking Davis on social media. Yeah. And she finds his little blog where he likes to, you know, write, find quotes that he likes and journal about how those quotes make him feel or relate to his real life. And this is kind of before she starts to like davis more she's like wow he's rich and poetic
1: he's like <laughs> an artist guys he's a suffering artist <laughs>
2: It's so
0: funny. And then after this, Daisy's like, what have you been doing? And Aza's like, I just found some quotes about Emily Dickinson from Davis's uh, journal. And Daisy's like, that's great. I obtained a police report uh, referring to the disappearance of the billionaire by finagling it from, like, this junior reporter because she lied and said that she was his colleague. And if he doesn't get to the office on, like, this Friday night and get the report, he will be fired.
2: Yeah, she created a fake email address. And Aza's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> we don't want to get this guy fired. And Daisy's like, we're not going to get him fired. But of yeah. course Aza, the warrior that she is, is so hung up on this, like, we're going to get caught now. Um, But they don't. And Aza actually acknowledges that. And she's like, oh, it was fine. The guy still works there and no- nothing bad happened. And nobody found us. Um
0: It is an eventful school day though the next day because yeah. that's when um, their friend Michael? Is that what yes. you guys were thinking? Yes. Michael asks Aza if he should ask out Daisy, but Aza completely interrupts him, being like, "Oh no, I don't think um, it's like oh, between yeah. us. I don't think we should." And he's like, uh, "No, I was I was asking for your friend."
2: And to be she's fair, like, oh, God. <laughs> In her defense, he did lead it up like he was yeah. about to ask her out. He was like, "Do so, you think it's weird if like two people in the same friend group date and that would interrupt it?" Like, I think somebody was trying to ask me out too. Yeah. I'd be like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" As a reader,
1: I thought, "Well, here's here's the other love interest." Yeah, like so yeah, I yeah. was.
2: Well, you were like love triangle. Yeah,
1: that's where Ooh. I thought I was going. for uh, like, well, till you know,
2: until it did. Till later, <laughs> he
1: was like, "Actually, Daisy's my girl."
2: yeah but daisy's not down which i think Mm -hmm. is hilarious she thinks michael looks like a giant baby (laughs) yeah i think i got like a very (laughs) i got a
0: distinct photo of like michael in my head because she described him as a giant baby and then also looking like drake and i
2: was like oh my god (laughs) you can see it that's so funny that is so funny um but uh, between Daisy not being down and the rest of school, a- Aza does read this police report and she learns that they actually have more info than the police report because they have an image with a time stamp. And she's like, that might be exactly what they need. Maybe that would be enough to get us this reward. But Aza does have a massive conscience, no surprise there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's going to talk to Davis about it first. Um, But before then, she does learn that the reward will only be given if uh, Pickett's actually found.
0: Yeah. So Davis, luckily, finally texts Aza. And right off the bat, he is 0 to 100. He's, like, essential about his dad being gone. He's, like, my younger brother's a mess. And I was, like, honestly...
2: I feel like I trauma dump too if that's going to be the first text message I'm going to send I'm going to make you remember me in a a way I feel like they're kind of good for each other in a way because they both just seem to have no filter on what Mm -hmm. they're going through um but yeah Davis does just immediately like by the way here's what's going on in my life also it's my late mom's birthday how are you
1: (laughs) (laughs) definitely blame him though with his father being gone his younger brother essentially being a an alcoholic in eighth yeah. grade and not having a mom like and the only other like adult figures in his life are just people paid to be in his yeah. life you kind of kind of empathize with him on, on him just being so front on his emotions
2: like. yeah
0: oh yeah he needs some emotional support and in texting um asa too he's like kind of talking to her to maybe not say anything about his dad to like his younger brother if he ever if she ever runs into him because he like doesn't want um his dad to go to jail. Um, on yeah. his brother's behalf. I Davis couldn't give a fuck less, but Noah yeah. is like 13 and he's like, I don't want that to happen.
2: Yeah. Um, we do find out the next day that Daisy, in an effort to kind of swipe Michael, just pitched a double date instead <laughs> with um Asa and Davis, and then obviously Daisy and Michael. And Asa's like, What? Why
1: would you do that?
2: I don't want to date anyone. She's like, We're just all hanging out as friends, it'll be fine, we'll go to Applebee's. Um, so they're gonna do that again. They're just like do a that. beautiful yeah. thing
1: that like you could only get away with in like a high school friendship. I
0: feel yeah, like. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, the forced double dates. Oh my god, I feel like Uh-oh. in high school those were so anxiety inducing. Oh, I nice. was please, like,
1: please take him to the dance because like I'm going with what's his face, yeah, I'm going to best friend, oh, my and like it's going to be so uh-huh. weird.
0: The politics of it. We we've been hyping up Big Brother too much. Meanwhile, homecoming dances have been doing that for years. <laughs> uh, um, but Aza is going to her doctor. I, I think this is the first time we meet her psychiatrist, Doctor Singe. and um Singh. Sing. Singh. And she's talking about her, like, anxieties and OCD while she's at the doctor. Um, she used to go a lot more, but her mental health has been better, so she's not going to Dr. Singh as much. And she does tell Dr. Singh that she's, like, not taking her Lexipo- Lexapro because it freaks her out, um, the idea that, like, her thoughts need to be, like, I don't know, controlled? Because she's like, mm. if I'm just my thoughts, then I, I hate that person.
1: Yeah. yeah, or the, this concept of like who I am has to be kickstarted by a pill. Yeah, she doesn't, she, she doesn't like that.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's so interesting because like Aza has such a interesting way of thinking of like she thinks doing certain you know, you know actions will cure her or fix her, and yet she does have an actual like olive branch and like hey, you just have to take these medications accordingly, and you will feel better. And yet she's like, nope. I'm going to use hand sanitizer and band-aids to not get a illness that I think I'm susceptible to. Um, So I feel like that just goes to show like the type of thinking where it's like someone is so obsessed with germs and not getting sick, yet she is sick in a way and not doing anything to actually um, commit to, you know, mediating that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because when she is like really overwhelmed, she'll press her thumb down into the palm of her right hand and reopen this wound, essentially that she
2: is just constantly reopening. Yeah, which I imagine that would have gotten infected by now, because it's like she's been reopening that for years. Yes. So.
1: And sometimes forgetting to change the the Band-Aid, which sends her into a spiral. Yeah,
2: Well, yeah, she has to change this Band-Aid, like, every certain amount of hours, which I can't imagine the Band-Aid budget she's going through. (laughs) To have to wear a Band-Aid, like, five plus times a day, 365 days a year, that's going to add up. Listen, as
0: someone who typically bandages their fingers every night because I pick at them nonstop, yeah, it's really expensive. You go through, like, one of the big ones in about a month. Yeah. Gotta get that Costco bolt. Yeah, know. you
2: gotta go to the Costco <laughs> membership to supply that. Um yeah. But uh the night of this double date, um, Aza's mom's going into mom mode and she's like, Hey, Aza, you be careful around that picket boy. Um, and she's like, Mom, it's fine. Like, we're not even <laughs> dating. And her mom's like, No, just be careful. I don't want my only daughter. And she's like, Mom, shut up. We're not dating, um. But then they go to Applebee's and Davis is laying it on thick. He's like, "I think we can all spring for some Pepsi's," and everyone's in awe because they <laughs> never get Pepsi's when they go to Applebee's.
0: That was so funny when he said, "I think we can spring for some Pepsi's." Yeah, right? I mean, to me, it's not a hot move because it's Pepsi.
1: But That's like it. in high school, I remember there was an episode of Hey Arnold where um gerald and arnold come across a big bag of money and they go to some bar to play pool and arnold like wins the game and he's like yeah and then he turns around and he goes sodas for everyone yeah and the entire bar is like hell yeah these kids rule <laughs> and the, you know of course they did that because when you're a kid you're watching i'd be like oh i would love to have as much soda as i want
2: and you just oh for that. sure yeah i was oh, a rich boy I was
1: I'm gonna play with these bitches with some soda,
0: and they do. They get lots of soda. They get all this Pepsi, and they take that sugar high and they apply it to a long conversation on Star Wars, which Asa feels really left out of because I, I I just don't think she really pays attention to Star Wars. Yeah, it's not like she hasn't seen it. Daisy always makes her watch it. But yeah,
2: you know, I interpreted that as like not like oh she's not interested, or the, I interpret it more as like she cannot pay attention to this conversation for the life of her. Uh, yeah. which i totally related to because she feels like she's like waiting for cues to look like she's present in the conversation. So she's just laughing when people mm-hmm. are laughing or like nodding her head when that seems appropriate. Uh, but she seems like very removed from it, which I, yeah.
1: Um, which yeah I know we'll yeah. dive into like, you know, later on, but I mean, this kind of lays some of the groundwork of the fight that they get into at the yeah. end of the book. And, you know, mm-hmm. upon hindsight, you don't really realize I'm sure like if you reread this book, you would see more of Daisy's perspective when yeah. that fight comes up.
2: Yeah, um, but if Davis couldn't flex any harder, they're gonna go to Davis's to watch a movie that's in theaters right now. What? Yeah, right. <laughs> that's crazy.
1: Oh man, yeah. <laughs> and he's just like shrug. I don't know. I guess you, when movies come out, you can screen them, and they just come to my house for some reason. He just <laughs> doesn't care. He's like, I've been rich my whole life. This is normal for yeah,
2: me. Yeah. Before movies were <laughs> digital, they had a projectionist come and deliver the movies, but now it's just all digital, so they just show up. And to, like, explain how big
0: this house is, they have a water, they have five water slides, a golf course. I don't know if it's, like, multiple holes, if it's just one golf course, but they have five water slides, which was insane to me. Oh, like, Salvador Dali original paintings.
2: Yeah.
1: And the
0: way to get into this movie theater is through a bookcase that has all first editions, and I think it's, like, F. Scott Fitzgerald's first edition book that they have to use as a key that right. like swings a door out to stadium yeah. seating. The book for is TV
2: Tenders theater. the Night, I'm pretty sure for tenders anyone who's wondering. Night. I don't mm. think it's the type it of paradise. Um
1: that's I forgot about that part. That's fucking cool. I love <laughs> yeah. the part where like, what's the other guy's name? Michael? Yeah. Michael's like, oh my gosh. And he, like, lists all these he, artists. He
2: has no chill. Like, he yeah. comes in so hot. Like, he's, like, yelling, just pointing at things that Davis has in his house. And I'm just like, dude, calm
1: down a little bit. <laughs> it was kind of endearing, though, because he's, like, naming all these artists. And he's like, so-and-so, Picasso, so-and-so. And then just like... The only one I recognize is Picasso. Yeah. (laughs) But like he has like all these original paintings in his house.
2: But Davis does actively drop like to Aza that he is trying to impress her. So like Mm -hmm. he likes her. He does. And they're going
0: to go look at some stars together. And he's going to explain the stars to her, which um, was very sweet. So they're like outside um they're talking about stars he brings up like that one star theory I don't know what it is but it's like um like planets are so far away from us that they're like
1: you can I you got me go Yeah. yeah so basically uh yeah so like stars of course emit light and they're hundreds of millions of light years away and so what he's basically saying is the sun that we're looking at for the light of the sun to hit earth is like it takes eight minutes because it's going at the speed of light and it's the proximal distance is however many millions of miles right and so the light that you're seeing and the stars since those are like hundreds of millions of light years away that light actually has to travel to us but because it's so far it's it's traveling super super fast but it's so far it's taking millions of years for us to see it so that's actually how they like that is how they uh how they measure length in space is like how long would like a light year is you traveling, um, the speed of light for exactly like for a year. And Mm -hmm. so something that's 250 million light years away, that would mean it would take 250 million years to see the light that that star is emitting. Mm -hmm.
0: And it's really sweet because when they're talking about this, they're also bringing up like Davis's dead mom and Mm -hmm. Aza's dead dad. And they're like, that means that there's like a version of history in the light not being able to like reach us that it's like like if you look at that planet that was like 45 years ago it's like emitting that much light so and that was like a time when our parents were alive which um, i love the idea of like that perfectly
2: encasing memories in amber Mm -hmm. um and yeah and during this conversation as well davis starts you know kind of idealizing this whole situation and he's still kind of on edge about like are all these people just kind of hanging out with me now because of my whole dad leaving situation? <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, And he's like, Aza, I need to do this so I can know that like, whatever all of us are doing is real. You need to come with me. And he like leads her to like this cottage that's on another side of the property and starts opening cereal boxes and just pulling out wads of cash that are yes. add up to like, Like a thousand dollars, and then he gives her a hundred thousand dollars in a bag and says, You need to take this because this is the reward that you and Daisy wanted. And I feel like if I give you this, I know you're not just going to keep looking for what happened to my dad,
1: which is like that's crazy. It's insane. It's sad. And what's
2: more insane is that Aza like starts to say she can't take it, and he goes, No, take it. And then she like doesn't fight it, she just goes, Okay. And the girl runs away. Yeah. She runs to go tell Daisy and Michael.
1: He goes, honestly, yeah. Like, 100,000 is nothing to me, so, like, just take it. I don't care. Like,.
0: That's He's like, like when oh, I we get have cash
2: everywhere.
0: That's hunting and gathering with your friends. That's like when you're at the other side of a party and you get a really good piece of advice, and you have to stay in the conversation. You're like, oh my god, but I really just want to be out of this conversation so yeah. I can go tell my best friend what you just told me.
2: <laughs> yeah, and Daisy—it's not Daisy. Aza runs to the house to go find Daisy, and she finds Daisy and Michael hooking up, and like some like. Or a post canopy bed and they're like you need to leave and she's like you're not this isn't your guys' bedroom um but it's it's a really like funny instance but she ends up talking to noah instead who noah actually asks her to keep looking because he feels like she's doing more than the police is so now Isa mm-hmm. has a conundrum of like does she stop looking for the sake of davis or does she help this poor kid who looks miserable and just goes home and plays video games every night and just has his soul sucked out of him, essentially.
0: Yeah, Noah airdrops her from some notes from his dad's phone, um, and they seem to be notes on how to, like, flee to other countries. Um, And there's one that just says the jogger's mouth, which she's confused about. Um, Yeah. And in getting these notes, she goes back home, obviously, and she has her own dead dad's phone, and, like, when she really needs to calm down, she'll just swipe through photos of him from time to time. Um, and it feels a lot more like
2: better because it's his
0: phone that he once held like seven years ago before he died,
2: yeah, yeah. And like she notes multiple times that like she knows the photos are backed up somewhere, but she likes to you know hold the thing that he took the photos on, even though it's all just like landscapes and pictures, yeah. And Um, she tells him that they got the money, she's like, Dad, I got it to the phone, yeah, it's really cute. Um, but she does start to you know, again, she's looking through, um her photos and the uh, dad's photos in the parking lot. Um, and then Daisy comes and meets her in the parking lot in her car, Harold, because he's just like, I need to tell you something. Um, and at this time. has just been walking around with like this bag of money, which is insane to me. Um, and Aza just lays it on Daisy saying, Hey, here's the situation. We have a hundred thousand dollars. I kind of think we should give it back. And Daisy goes, no, we should keep the money. And for some reason that's enough for Aza. <laughs> To just here and they're like yep we're gonna split the money 50 50 and they get a call from one of their uh davis's lawyers who says great we've set up a deposit that um you're going to set up a new bank account with and they're going to take the money no questions asked and this will be all taken care of
0: yep so they go to the bank they deposit it they get new bank accounts um so their
2: parents don't even really have to know about it yes. I guess. Crazy. but during this conversation with the lawyer um you know Aza just also asks him, like, you know, what happens if, you know, Pickett's never found? And we learned that Davis has been appointed the legal guardian. So, like, that'd be a lot of responsibility, ultimately, on Davis. We're Mm -hmm. unsure if Davis knows that he's been appointed guardian or not. But that's a a huge thing to have to deal with. Is
1: this also at the point, or it might have actually been earlier, where you find out, like, after seven years... Of them being missing is when the state legally considers you dead. Yeah,
2: that's when um Daisy was describing wills. I think at the first Apple. Piece yeah. Soon. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that means like in seven years, Davis would be a guardian, or if they found that he was dead tomorrow, Davis, a high school student, would be legally in charge of his younger brother.
0: Yeah, and she's really freaking out right now while she's at the bank too. She's for oh, sure God. nervous that she has an infection because she's been pressing down on the palm of like her hand. And when she gets home, um, her skin is really inflamed and she's kind of freaking out, but it's a okay because Davis invites her to like a meteor shower on Thursday. Ooh, la la. How romantic. And she agrees to go.
2: Yeah. And then the next day at school, Daisy has not held up her deal where they were like, we're just going to deposit the money, move on with our day. Daisy has bought a bright orange beetle car and a new computer Mm -hmm. and daisy keeps being like asa you don't get it you already have a cart you already have a computer i need these things and i have the money to buy these things um so it's a it's a whole thing um and asa feels a little uncomfortable about it um and she she also also says
0: at this moment like when you suffer we all suffer to asa which i was like daisy come
2: on intrusive (laughs) intrusive yeah, um, but Daisy does also fairly tell her to stop judging her for what she's doing with her half of the money, which also is technically fair. fair yeah, yeah. Um, but also, Daisy does say if she was the one who got the 100k, she might not have split it with Aza. So we're really getting both sides <laughs> of Daisy in this moment. Uh, we're getting we're getting some like actual like I can I can empathize with what Daisy's feeling. To some others, like is Daisy actually a good friend? Yeah. Um, and I think that's a really fun parallel to have. But I'm like, does Daisy really care? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: So committed to doing her own thing. Yeah. You know? and so it's
2: committed. So
1: evident when she, her and Aza are interacting Yeah. With
0: her. Yeah. Um, Davis, meanwhile, it is date night of this meteor shower, and um, Aza's mom makes Davis come inside um, to say hi. Oh my god. She gives him this whole spiel of, like, my daughter is a gift, you better treat her as such. She's like, that's something you can just buy, and that's not what he needs
2: to hear. He starts crying! Out of all of the reactions to, like, what you would expect, the whole, like, you better treat my daughter with respect, uh, crying was not the one you know she was probably expecting like a little awkward like yes ma'am or something like that or like i won't do anything but no he bursts into tears just because like he hasn't had a mom for so long that in this moment he like is feeling such like maternal energy that he just starts crying doesn't she say
1: something like You rich people don't have value on anything because you can get whatever you want. You can't just have my daughter because you want her. Yeah. Like, oof, man. Yeah.
2: And it's like, it's one of those things I can totally see from like mom's perspective. She's just like, she's not even trying to attack him at all. I think she is trying to like level with him. But of Mm. course, Davis, whose dad is missing and mom has already died, you know, he's not addressing a lot of his emotions, I feel. So, of course, he starts crying, but the date must go on. Yes. Yeah. The date must go on. They get home
0: to Davis's after this little scene and his housekeeper has made them dinner and is like, I made you spaghetti for you and your girlfriend. And he's like, well, not yet. We're jumping the gun. We're getting too excited. Yeah. But they are doing boyfriend-girlfriend stuff. They're going back outside to look at the stars. Listen, it's a lot of looking at the stars. Davis yeah. loves
2: his stars. Yes. He loves
0: his stars. And he re- recites some poetry to her, which she's like, this is really hot. Um, to Which is why I realized, this is when I realized it was a straight book. Not earlier, just now. I was like, <laughs> yeah. if a boy recited poetry to
2: me, that would be so good. <laughs> But it works here, because they kiss. But it also doesn't work here because this is like, I, I, I don't remember if this is Aza's first kiss or her first kiss in a while, but she is immediately worried about germs and what it means because his tongue was in her mouth and they were obviously like touching. Um, and she immediately tells Davis that kissing freaked her out. Like she's not holding any cards to her chest. Um, and then he's like, that's totally fine. We'll just like chill for a little bit. Let's go watch a movie. But during the entire movie, she is spiraling yeah. on the germs that have entered her body.
1: Mm-hmm. Like looking up on the like on her phone. Yeah. I, don't doesn't she have to stop kissing for a second and go to her phone and be yeah. like, How long do microbes like, like live? Lev, in, yeah, yeah, live in my stomach from another person.
0: Yeah, yeah, the date is kind of torpedoed after this. Um, she's really quiet the whole time, and when she gets home, she's, like, freaking out and showering. I think this is also the first time when she puts No, not in. yet. Not, not oh. yet. Okay. And her mom is, like, comes in after she showers, and she's like, I wish I could make the pain go away,
2: mm-hmm.
0: which we know is never a helpful thing. I feel like yeah. my mom will do this all the fucking time. She'll be like, I will pay you to go To Hawaii if you just stop picking your fingers and I'm almost 30 years old Um, it doesn't help it just makes you feel like more of a burden and then you get more stressed because you can't fix the thing yeah I would like to know that
1: this mom hella apologetic about what she did to Davis like and and that kind of sticks with her character for the rest of this book she feels so bad about making this boy cry (laughs) so she's like I'm so sorry for what I did and what can I do to make you less you
2: yeah (laughs) Um, yeah. but after this, um, Davis and Aza have kind of gotten to a pattern of texting at night and they do agree to like, that they're not going to date. They're just going to, you know, kind of be whatever they are. They're not going to put a label on it. Cause Davis is like, my dad is literally missing. Like girlfriend is like last, last thing I want to be concerned with right now. Um, and then the next day after this, she has one of her meetings with Dr. Singh, and he mm-hmm. just starts talking about worried that she isn't real. And like she because mm-hmm. she has so many doubts about things and she questions so many things. Um, and Dr. Singh says something along the lines of like, your doubts are what make you a real person, which I thought was a really nice um quote. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And when she gets home um she tells her mom that she might want to do Sarah Lawrence or like Amherst uh because her mom still doesn't know about the money and her mom's like well uh I don't know maybe with loans we'll see and um, she also asked Davis what he likes about her body
2: and he says some very nice things and then he oh also says his ass and I so was like, like hot. they're kind of having some like high school flirting moments which I was like "Ooh la la John Green we have not seen you step into this realm before I was. Oh. Did you like
0: cringe flirt in high school? I was because and we were going through like old messages to our exes, and mine were always like the ridiculous Will Grayson text, where I was like, I sent something like really dirty last night, and, and um, but like don't let your dad see. And I was <laughs> like, it was. Probably, I was just always like such ridiculous language of being like, I don't know. I would try to be really funny, but it was always really cringe.
1: Where he I goes. Don't know. He goes, I don't want to date. Dating is like riding a Ferris wheel because when you're on a Ferris wheel, all you talk about is being on a Ferris wheel and what you see. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, real. And then she goes, well, then what do you want? And he just says you. they okay, hot? Just like, okay. Like that would totally light a fire in yeah. like a high schooler's like, oh. Yeah. oh. I, I thought that yeah. was so great. That
2: was great. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And he invites her over on Monday, so clearly it's like working. And she's like, Yeah, I will. Okay. Yeah. And okay, so she goes to his house on Monday, and Davis is like, I have to deal with something with Noah right now. You get a tour. And so now she's getting a tour of the estate. Um, and then like after this like little tour, I think she talks to the zoologist again for a little bit. Um, but then Davis kind of comes up and is like, hey. War can be over now. I'm free. Um, And he he basically tells her that like Noah's been suspended and he's really worried because he knows Noah needs a dad. But like, he's obviously not a person that can be a dad. But they end up do watch, they watch a movie again. Mm -hmm. And Aza, who's been like, I'm not going to kiss him. Kissing obviously made me so nervous. She starts to get so swept away again. And she's like, but I really want to kiss him. And she does. And she immediately panics and runs to the bathroom. And then to get these germs out of her body, she swallows the hand sanitizer she usually uses on her cut, which was...
1: Tough stuff.
2: Jarring. Jarring to just read and also, like, feel the way her brain was working in that moment. It was... Ugh. It was a lot. I know. I cannot believe she
0: swallowed hand sanitizer. Yeah. I feel like it was a really big... Okay, well... I think in our, ha- in our high school, it was, like, sometimes people would put hand sanitizer to try to get
2: drunk during classes and then lick their hand. Oh. Did you guys do
1: that? No. No. My
2: high school didn't do that. I- okay. I've
1: heard of, like, I've heard of people doing something close to that, but...
2: I feel like I heard it with, like, people would try it with, like, cough syrup, but I I never heard it with hand sanitizer. Oh my
0: god, cough syrup at high school, that would be awful.
2: Yeah, yeah, not as awful as hand sanitizer, though.
0: Aza cannot catch a break, though, because after she swallows a good dose of hand sanitizer, she comes out, and Noah's, like, can you keep searching for my papa?
2: And it's, like, she's got to get out of this house, she's got to go. I know, but (laughs) she stays for the movie, and she keeps spiraling the entire time, and I think Davis even says, like, you know, I heard what Noah said to you. And so he's like, so do with that what you will, I guess. Is
1: she this gets- the part where yeah. uh, Davis talks about um, when his mom was in a coma? Or when his mom was unresponsive and would grab her hand.
2: No, that was when they were looking at the stars when they kissed the first time. Oh,
1: okay. Okay. I just, I I did love that part that I did want to talk about on this podcast. Yeah, let's talk about it.
2: Well,
1: Well, wait, it's like a rewind, but it's also, it's them interacting with each other. So it's basically the same. But how she she does confide in him about her condition and how she kind of struggles with like, with this feeling of I don't know who I am because I'm not my thoughts, but I also have to take a pill for my thoughts to be like unhurtful, but I don't, I don't like that about myself. Mm-hmm. And so he, yeah. he talks about his mom and how she would always, she would clench his hand, even though she was unresponsive in a coma. Mm-hmm. And uh, the dad was like, "We don't care, Davis. Like that's just, that's just a reaction, or that's just a reflex. It's not actually real." But like she kept on doing it, and, and so he was saying to Aisha, like, "No, she, she was real. She was active there. Like even though her, her mind was gone and her body was rendered." quote unquote useless. Mm-hmm. She was still there. And then Asia goes, Well, what is there that like what, what is it that what was there inside of her that like made her present that still like had her shine out or whatever? And he goes, I don't know. Yeah. And like that yeah. like that just hit so yeah. hard of this and I think it speaks to the overarching message of the book with like with what the turtles are, which I know we'll get into later, but yeah. of, of, of like sometimes not knowing the answer can bring a sense of comfort
2: exactly yeah Yeah. that's like the entire theme of this book yeah
1: and i just i loved that
2: yeah yeah i thought that was
0: sweet of like it's like trying to always have like control over something as a means of being like once i figure out the answer then i can begin it's like no you can just begin without knowing um yeah which I thought was really sweet. And maybe something he wrote about on this new blog that Aza nah. has
2: with poetry. Later that night little stalker.
1: Oh, but she goes like full on this time.
2: Yeah, because he deleted his old blog. So then she like Googles like a phrase that he said to her when he was reciting his poetry. And then he thought she finds his new blog.
0: And it's so embarrassing. He texts her and is like, someone is on my website right now. Is it you? And she's like, is that bad? And he's like, yeah, it's just someone's been on my website for 30 minutes from Indiana. And if the news got wind of my terrible poetry, I would die. And same if someone yeah. knew that I had an Instagram account, if the news knew that Instagram account for poetry at my age, no, maybe at 15, it would be
2: cute, but no, absolutely not. That's so funny. But
1: this poetry has a lot more to do with her. Yeah. in fact, you could argue is ins- exclusively inspired by her.
2: Yeah. No, he is- talks a lot about her in it too. Um. And then they decide to FaceTime. He's like, yeah. what are you doing? Do you want to FaceTime? And they both really like FaceTiming. It turns out like that is like the form of communication Aza needs because there's a whole screen in between them and not like any physicalness. And
0: it seems like Aza's on cloud nine until the next day when she starts reading Daisy's star Wars stories, she's like, yeah, I'll give it a chance. I guess I've been reading Davis's poetry. I could do this. And she quickly starts spiraling because, oh man, Daisy made her into this insanely nervous character who kind of like always fucks up the missions for Ray and Chewbacca because she's overthinking everything.
1: Yeah. That is That is tough.
2: That is, like, that would be... That's a hard pill to swallow. Like, this character's name is, like, even, like, named Ayala. So it's, like, it's really close to her name. And, like, people in the comments, like, love to hate her because she's so, like, annoying and awful and ruins everything. And... I kind of... This is, like, uh, where I realized where
0: I was, like, man, I I hated Daisy so much reading this. And I think it was because she reminded me so much of me. And it reminded, like putting a, a friend as a character and a thing is like definitely a boundary that I would and probably have crossed, to be honest. Yeah. I've had a lot of people be like, do not write about me. And I'm like, why? It's like therapy, <laughs> it's therapeutic. And instead you could just like have a connection and talk to someone about something that is upset instead of just sitting on it forever and being upset. But that's how Daisy deals with something is just yeah. being like, I can fix it on my own and then just push everything down and not yeah. be not have but, conflict. But
1: passive aggression of it all too. Yeah. In, in a way, you kind of yes. like you can't blame Daisy because Daisy keeps on telling Asha to 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 read her fan fiction. Yeah. And she doesn't, mm-hmm. she's like, well, fine, bitch. I'm just gonna write a story about I'm gonna yeah. write a character about it.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um so needless to say, Aza feels awful the next day because she just like spiraled into this fan fiction. Um, and Daisy obviously knows nothing about this. She's like, Hey, we should like, um, you know, hang out. Uh, and it is, is also starting to talk about the mystery again. And Daisy is like, no, dude, we're not, we're not researching the mystery anymore. Like we're done. Remember? Like we got, we got money. We can't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, so instead she ends up hanging out with Davis after school and they go swimming
0: I think this is when they talk about mom's coma, the coma she was in. Because- oh, yeah. Oh, is that the- It might have been, yeah. Oh, okay. But it all blends together. I mean, yeah. they start talking about it and she's opening up about her disease. They're looking at the stars, and Davis is like, hey, let's go swimming because if this was in the Midwest, this existed at my house, I would go crazy. It's like a pool you can heat up to 80 yeah. degrees yeah, in the cool. winter. Mm-hmm and they just they go fucking swimming in like the fall and they look at the stars <laughs> yeah. some more crazy um and this is when he's kind of talking about the star thing that Nate was talking about mm-hmm. that planets are like cemented in time and those timelines keep our loved ones alive and you know it's a comforting moment until Aza gets home and starts freaking out again because she cannot stop thinking about Daisy's story and has a bit of an episode thinking about, like, all of the germs in her body. Yeah. And the next day, her and Daisy She go does drink
2: more hand sanitizer this night. That's important. She
0: does. Oh, she does. Oh, yeah. She does. And Love. the next day, Daisy and her go to Applebee's because she's like, I just need to confront Daisy.
2: And
0: yeah. Daisy, it does not, it turns, it does not go the way that Aza oh, was expecting. And
2: it, it also doesn't help that, like, Aza is exhausted because she's now had two nights in a row of her just, like, spiral reading um and so when she confronts Daisy she even just says like couldn't you have named her like anything else like at a base level um and it it turns into what I think is a really good uh, representation of a fight where it's like there's no absolute right or Mm. absolute wrong in the situation they both have moments of being absolutely right where it's like Daisy's like dude, you don't ask me anything about myself ever. Like, what are my parents' names? Like, you've been saying you're going to read this fan fiction for years and you never have. And Ayala's is like, or Aza's like, you don't know like anything about like how my thoughts work and things like that. Yeah.
0: It's insane. Like I, oh my God, this, this felt so realistic to me. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. 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 Um. Just not being a um, confrontational person, but also just like not expressing something exactly how you want it, and having to be the easygoing person. And so, the minute someone kicks the door open, you're like, "Hey, you know what? We're here. Why not?" You don't know anything about my family. I love you, but your anxiety your anxiety is hard for me. Like, the which is you make money yeah. makes our friendship uneven. And like,
1: it was the point of the book where everything that kind of annoyed the reader or, or you like about Daisy was like. Justify
2: yeah. Cause it, I mean, yeah. it, it goes, it, it's a really good, um, like, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking visualization or that's not the right word, but I'm going to go with it. It's a really good visualization about how like mental health does not excuse you from mm. being a shitty person or a shitty friend. Like yeah. you're, you, you can still be a bad friend and it doesn't, it's not an excuse to say, well, I've have, I have, you know, OCD, I have anxiety, I have depression, I have this. And it's like, Okay, but you're still having shitty actions towards other people. Can you guys hear that?
0: No. The thunder? Okay. No, Sorry, no. it is so loud. It just started. Um <laughs> here. That was giving me anxiety speaking oh of my anxiety. God. Keep and going. So um this entire conversation is taking place while they are driving and daisy Daisy in the middle of this, Aza like stops her and is like you haven't stopped talking in 10 years which was another reason I kind of hated Daisy's character was it seemed like she never stopped to care for Aza but I think when you like do that for so long and you're a crutch for someone you just kind of get exhausted and you're like I have to be the B1 I have to Mm -hmm. keep going and uh Aza's freaking out on her and as she's freaking out Daisy yells out and is like Holmesy because that's Aza's last name and Lisa doesn't hit the brakes fast enough in the car she rams into this car in front of her so hard that her like ribs hurt um and she gets out and she's sobbing because this is her dad's car her dad's phone is in the back she gets it the screen is shattered the ambulance is like we need to we need to put you on like a, a stretcher we need to take you in and she's just like my dad my dad oh he's
2: he's like it's like it's Such a sad scene. It is. And like this, the scene is also written so like frantically and with also just such like blips of moments as like from like the car accident to post car accident to hospital. And I was like, that is so what like those moments feel Mm -hmm. like when they're so high Mm -hmm. stress, high anxiety and high like fear. Um, that you really are only, like, remembering, like, the touchdown points of, like, how you got from here to here.
1: And when she's, com- like, when she's freaking out about her dad and her dad being gone because of the-, the phone, right? Oh, uh,
2: yeah. The yeah. the paramedic
1: goes, no, no, no. Like, your dad is happy that you're alive. Yeah. And because, of course, paramedic doesn't know. Yeah. I mean, they're-, they're doing what they're trained to do, which is, like, to calm them in a way. Yeah. And, like, that, that really hit.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. She I know.
0: Says. And then while this is all happening, she's being carted to the hospital. Her mom's like, I can't lose you, too. And yeah. Aza is freaking out because the hospital is, like, the worst place she could get be for catching C. diff, that colon um, thing that, like, kills someone in three days. Yeah, And she has a lacerated liver, and she's going to have to be there for two weeks.
2: Yeah. And, like, so she's freaking out now because now that she's been worried about getting C. diff, she's put herself in the exact place that you can actually catch C. diff, even though it's still a very hard disease to contract. Um, but her mom's like staying at the hospital all night, but Aza cannot sleep. She is spiraling. She's on pain meds. She's in so much pain. She like wakes up in the middle of the night and runs across the room to like the hand sanitizer dispenser and just starts shoving it in her mouth. And she immediately throws up her mom wakes up and is freaking out and like calls the nurse and it's like it's a a really just vivid scene of just such a breakdown
1: and it's like all through the perspective of the voices inside her head yeah like hammering in her that like you're gonna die like this you're gonna die this way you are sick like just like Like, this negative self-talk that's almost like manifested itself as like another person inside of her it was he doesn't really he
2: does a really good job of like um those negative thoughts being louder than like her thoughts trying to combat it. Uh, so you can kind of like hear that negativity, like more so than you hear her trying to be like, leave me alone. Stop. I need to stop thinking like this. Yeah. Um, it completely yeah it's just it's really, really well written.
0: Yeah. It, it is so crazy um, how well written that is in like the negative cell spirals. And yeah. um, obviously her mental health is like not okay. Dr. Singh shows up and is like you're not taking your meds Um, and this is the result of that as well and she's coming more often to like stay with her and coming by the house twice a week now when she is out of the hospital.
2: Yeah and we also do get a really nice moment here where like Aza almost realizes that even this person that's supposed to be like her doctor actually cares about her well being, uh, because not only is she in the hospital and like you know doing her job saying we're gonna put you on new meds, this that we can't have you drinking hand sanitizer anymore. She also just straight up tells like Aza from like no doctor mode, you're going to survive this, um, yeah. which really strikes Aza in a good way. Um, but yeah, and then um, we kind of cut to her coming back to school the uh, two weeks later. Yep
0: she's going back to school um daisy and her makeup pretty fast and daisy's like okay great because i have so much i need to tell you she had to cut her hair because her sister put gum in it she broke up with um michael because uh daisy wanted to be single which flex that's oh, wow. at, yeah. at 16 relatable i My was Flex's like off. Off. she's
1: like why do i have to manage all his emotions like a therapist and it's <laughs> like uh, yeah
0: and it seems like, like, Aza's asking questions about, like, what do her parents do? And yeah. Daisy's asking Aza questions, like, do you think about killing yourself? And Aza's like, no, it's not, like, about killing myself. It's, like, this inescapable feeling of just being, like, horribly aware of my presence on Earth and not being able to reconcile with it. Mm-hmm. And it's and it just like- seems like they're, like planting the seeds to sell. yeah
2: it seems like they're they're reaching they're like um but basically like oh this is how we need to we need to like relearn how to communicate with each other and i really like in this scene a lot daisy multiple times asks her like should i keep talking and Aza's like yeah keep talking because like Aza just like Aza's not a talker a part of her does like to just listen to daisy talk yeah. um and it's really really sweet Um, but they do have to eat out um, lunch outside in the middle of winter because Daisy's like, it's going to be way too awkward with Michael at the lunch table. I plan as a picnic though. She does.
0: And this is where we get the namesake of the book too, because they talk about turtles all the way down because um, Daisy's like the pursuit of finding the real you um, reminds me of this story. My mom used to say about how it's like an old woman is kind of explaining that the planet is like not a world it's just like a world on the back of a turtle on the back of another world on the back of a turtle and it's just turtles all the way down mm-hmm. which yeah. i don't know if you had something to say about that nate but i know you brought it up earlier
1: oh yeah just how it's uh like a professor is explaining how like molecularly and biologically the world works and the history of it all and then at the very end of the lecture this, yeah this woman goes well i've been actually you're not right like i'm just told it." the earth is just on top of this
2: yeah.
1: turtle and he goes well and he wants to entertain that right and he goes yeah okay yeah. so then what's under the turtle she goes another one what's under that turtle another one and uh i, I just love how she brings it up i, I guess kind of i'm almost just like reiterating the, the the point i was making earlier on how um the, the there's comfort in the unknown mm-hmm. and daisy yeah. under daisy understands uh that asia i'm not gonna say it's, it, it's asa asa Daisy understands that Aza is struggling with with the unknown and not understanding what the true answer is, like within her OCD and within her anxiety. And yeah. I, like I remember hearing that part of the book and laughing the same time Aza does. Yeah, and just like almost finding comfort in it too, because this entire time we're we're spent in the mind of Aza, like the, the yeah. entire book. And like I I thought it was so great how John Green was able to really bring this like levity to her mental illness in a way that made us feel comfortable and made us feel, like, hopeful and happy for the protagonist.
2: And even though, like, I think she acknowledges, like, coming back to school feels weird. And, like, you'd think that, like, oh, after this, you know, life-changing event, she'd be just all fixed and all better. But, like, that's not how it works. So having this moment where it's just kind of like a... This is kind of how it works, but it's not an answer. It's not a solution. It's not a fix-all. It's not even a kind of fix. It's just... It's just a way of thinking yeah it's just a thought it's just an actual thought
0: yeah yeah and it's well there's a really good quote about it at the end that i'm sure we will read as well um we're gonna just read the last 20 pages
2: i'm sure (laughs)
0: there is i feel like the last page at least if we have time um but Aza is kind of finding peace in the fact that like there's a vast universe and she is just small in it and this kind of conversation pushes her to decide to finally tell her mom that Davis gave her $50,000 that she's going to put towards college. And her mom doesn't love this. She's like, he should have just gotten you a necklace like normal guy, but (laughs) she comes to be okay with it because she kind of has to be.
2: Yeah. Um, And then immediately after this, Aza's on a roll because she also like, she's heard a lot about Michael from Daisy and now Michael's quartering Aza talking about Daisy and she just kind of like corners them together and is like, you two should talk together because I don't want to be in between this. We love a person setting a boundary. Um, And then a a little bit after this, she does go to Applebee's with Davis. um, And she tells him more about like her spirals. And this is just the kind of the way it is. It's not getting better. It's not getting worse. It's just it's always going to be there. Um, And they ultimately kind of conclude that they are going to go their separate ways, even though they weren't really anything to
0: yeah, because it seems like she just wants kind of a relationship via text, and he's like, "I can't, I can't do this yeah. if we're like not doing this in person." And they decide yeah. not to. Um, and the next day, Daisy's asking Asa, since her and Michael are back together, if she'll go to Michael's art exhibit exhibition in the sewer. And it's like the sewer that was unfinished by um, the pickets because it was supposed to bring like fresh water to Indiana. Yeah. Um, but the pickets
2: were like, Indiana they didn't finish it. Because,
1: <laughs> because Indiana is the first major city to be built not by a massive body of water, which yes. you learn in the book.
2: Yeah, something I learned about Indiana <laughs> yeah. reading this book. I and know, was that of part was of the
1: Part of the message of the book as well, where like something good and thriving can be yeah can be built even if it's not by a life source
2: can be built in indiana you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's the moral of the book <laughs> Kind of beautiful. Um, but at this like sewer art show it seems like a really like cool idea but like in reality it's just a sewer that smells really bad but a lot of like very popular people are there so um daisy and aza kind of let michael do his thing because they're like hey you network we're gonna go on a walk and there's a really cool scene here where like it's getting super pitch black and they just have flashlights, and Aza has them both turn off their flashlights so she can kind of explain physically how it feels when Aza's having a thought spiral. Um, and it's really cool because they're just like hanging out and they're talking and they're just like actually being present with each other. There's a really good quote on page 260 that I'm gonna read because it's short. Um, that is, oh, I should have had this pulled up so soon, but I, there, um, oh shoot, it's not here. You
1: said 260?
2: I said 260. It's the Meadow quote that I really wanted to read. Let me find it. Let me find it. Do, 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 do. Someone else keep talking while I'm looking for this. My foot fell asleep. (laughs) So they're Um, walking
1: through the sewer and Daisy... Is like, how are you how are you not freaking out right now yeah. when like you're always obsessed with germs and we're literally walking in shit?
0: <laughs> yeah. You're... I don't know if that was the quote you were looking for, but if not. No, I really no, it's it. not it. I um, liked that moment a lot because they were obviously in the rats and the stuff, and Aza tells Daisy to turn her light off and she's like, Oh, yeah. you see this when we're in here with no light and you only have your brain um to think and make up for all the other small spaces of things that could exist. That's what it's like for me existing in my mind. I and found it. Like,
2: that sucks. Yeah, <laughs> no. So um, after uh, they, they, and they keep kind of walking after that. Um, but there's a, a, a quote on 266. That's why I lost mm. it. Cause my zero uh, six looked like the zero. Uh, but the quote is we went out to the meadow that night talking about college and kissing and religion and art. And I didn't feel like I was watching a movie of our conversation. I was having it. I could listen to her and I knew she was listening to me. And that's so important because the entire book, Aza's talking about feeling so removed and finally like in a space where things get to be so quiet, she can actually just be present. Um, and that's really cool. And I really like that quote. Yeah, it was really
0: good. I mean, like, she hasn't been able to like give herself that. And yeah. also like, I think Daisy on some end probably wanted that connection too, because to carry a conversation be so exhausting when you also are dying for connection
2: yeah um Um, but this place is also called pogue's run and they're they keep walking down and it's starting to smell worse as they're walking further and further away from this art show and they start to realize that like pogue's run is the jogger's mouth because like run jogger mm -hmm. um and then they're like oh shit we kind of figured out that Pickett is probably the cause of this smell, but we we're not going to walk any further to figure it out.
1: Yeah. So when he was running away from the authorities, he goes to his unfinished project. Yeah. And like, and I guess, like, like John John Green's like he's implying that like he ran there and like died yeah. there, and like. Yeah, there's There's
2: another really good quote about it where it says, you think solving mysteries would bring you closure, that closing the loop would comfort and quiet your mind, but it never does. The truth always disappoints. As we circulated around the gallery looking for Michael, I didn't feel like I'd found the solid and nesting doll or anything. Nothing had been fixed, not really. It was like like the zoologist said about science. You never really find answers just new and deeper questions um which is like also a thing because it's like sometimes looking for you know the solution it's just like it brings the reality Mm -hmm. of it they were all so excited to get the reward money but at the end of the day the rewards for a dead person and that's the reality
0: yeah and so this does not help her psyche at all when she's at home like her mom is saying that she's really nervous about her um because Aza's really razzled is uh, finally set some boundaries and being like okay I have a new rule which is you can't really ask me if I'm anxious because your weight of worry doesn't help and her mom's like I'll try now she has a really important decision in front of her which is telling Davis about this or not um, because if she tells him and you know the authorities go to see like if his dad is there then he won't get to have like all of the amenities and like like he won't have any access to the money or like the house yeah, for the money
2: goes to the lizard
0: yeah but if if it's like seven years he's got like a seven years cushion if they can't find his dad to just yeah. have everything but she does ask davis if he can come over because it's important and she tells him flat out she's like i think i know where he is but it it's a really bad smell um and his face just like drops in fear because he
2: yeah knows what that might mean. Yeah, he has to like actually face the reality, which is like what where we actually see him like cuz I feel like at this moment we realize he's been putting on a face for Noah and for the public the entire time, but now he actually yeah. faces the reality that his dad is gone too and he just really breaks down and they just kind of sit together, which is it's really sweet, it's very very sad. Um is. and then yeah, she does read his blog that night and then he has like this entire like like message about how like nothing lasts and it's like why do like- I have
0: to miss everybody so much? Yeah,
2: it's uh it's so sad. Um but then something we get that we don't get in a lot of John Green's book is as we get what happens later. So we get a mm-hmm. one month later cut um and we see that the news has found Pickett's body and we learn that Davis told the cops and yeah, and that's kind of it was his thing. He's like I couldn't put Noah through that like error of not knowing. Um and she yeah. asks him to hang out and he just doesn't reply.
0: No, he doesn't until one night in April where he comes over, he's just knocking on the door and they go and they look at the stars together at his house. Um, And he kind of updates her on their life, which is that they're going to Colorado um, because Noah's going to school for troubled kids Mm -hmm. and Davis is going to finish out school at a public school. And I want to read the end because I think it's a really good end. And also, I mean, you know, employs the flash forward a bit as well but in, yeah. in a really abstract way so after she talks to davis about this um she is uh talking about um yeah this is what it is we settled into a silence and i felt this guy's bigness above me the unimaginable vastness of it all um in the moonless darkness we were just witnesses to light and i felt a sliver of what must have driven davis to astronomy There was a kind of relief in having your smallness laid bare before you, and I realized something Davis must have already known. Spirals grow infinitely smaller the farther you follow them inward, but they also grow infinitely larger the farther you follow them out. And I knew I would remember that feeling underneath the split-up sky, back before the machinery of fate ground us up into one thing or another, back when we could still be everything. I thought lying there that I might love him for the rest of my life. We did love each other. Maybe we never said it. Maybe love was never something we were in, but it was something I felt— I loved him and I thought maybe I will never see him again and I'll be stuck missing him and isn't that so terrible but it turns out not to be terrible because I know the secret that the me lying beneath the sky cannot imagine I know the girl would go on that she would grow up have children and love them that despite loving them she would get too sick to care for them be hospitalized get better and then get sick again I know a shrink would say write it down how you got here so you would and in writing it down you realize love is not a tragedy or a failure but a gift you remember your first love because they show you, prove to you that you can love and be loved, that nothing in this world is deserved except for love, that love is both how you become a person and why. But underneath those skies, your hands, no, my hand, no, our hand in his, you don't know yet. You don't know that the spiral painting is in that box on your dining room table with the post-it note stuck to the back of that frame, stole this from a lizard from, for you. You can't know yet how the painting will follow you from one apartment to another and then eventually to a house or how decades later you'll be so proud that Daisy continues to be your best friend. That growing into different lives only makes you more fiercely loyal to each other. You don't know that you go to college, find a job, make a life, see it unbuilt and rebuilt. I, a singular proper noun, would go on, if always, in a conditional tense. But you don't know any of that yet. We squeeze his hand, he squeezes back. You stare up at the same sky together. And after a while, he says, I have to go. And you say goodbye. And he says goodbye, Aza. And no one ever says goodbye unless they want to see you again.
2: Yeah, I think that's my favorite so ending good. of any of the John Green books. It's just so well written. It captures so many different fleeting feelings and emotions. And I, uh, it's, it's stuck with me since I finished it a couple of days ago. It's just been, it's just such like a, it's just such a, relatable and real Mm -hmm. way to end this story. I
0: think it's like it's the same kind of ending I mean it's like a more upbeat ending than like the sadder ones we've gotten. Um, But it like answers a question and also leaves so many questions in the same way and I'm just Mm -hmm. like ugh what a feeling to have.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And When he when Davis decides when you find out why Davis um ultimately like called the cops um on like on his father's body because you know the, the police were called and mm-hmm. um it was like this big deal because they thought, oh wait it out seven years and he goes So when he fi- he finally answers um why he decided to call the cops instead of keeping it a secret, he says, I had to be a big brother. Yeah. And he like does it for his younger mm-hmm. brother because his younger brother was kind of plagued with this sadness and desperation that his father was no longer there Mm -hmm. and his father being alive meant that his father continued to not love Noah yeah and he knew knew, as like an older brother that he had to take this initiative like he had he had to take the initiative and Mm -hmm. show to his brother like no you are loved I love you and the other man who like your father he's not back because he's actually dead he's not Mm -hmm. choosing to come back and i loved how they they embraced the not having the house and yeah. not being able to to live in the, the the billionaire house and not getting all the money um just for the sake of his younger brother being okay and like that to me was just so profound because yeah. davis yeah. was living living with this this terrible situation of having to father his brother mm-hmm. and by letting go of his father he was able to be the positive influence that Davis was trying to be for his brother the entire time. Mm-hmm. And I just yeah. thought that was, I thought yeah. that was so profound.
2: Oh, uh, I agree. No, there's so many, so many layers to this book. And I feel like we could just talk in circles about so many things for hours and hours and hours of remember this part, remember this part, or this mm-hmm. conversation or this thing. Cause it's just like, there is so much worth talking about in in this book.
0: Yeah. yeah. It was a really good book.
2: Yeah. Um, but with that, I think we should transition to our um cancelled character of the week. I know this is going to be a hard <laughs> one. I feel like we I should see. end in the top five because much like this book, we do have to end on a more positive note. yeah uh, so let's talk about our canceled character and our canceled character while cancel culture is bad. it's going to be our least favorite character of this entire book because we can cancel fictional characters as much as we want as we
1: can.
2: um Nate, you're our guest. do you have any nominations for the cancelled character this week?
1: I do um and I, I kind of had the idea, like, right when we started the podcast. Okay. Um, oh. And,
2: and
1: this is more like, if we had to cancel someone, yeah. this would be the one and to do. And we do, do unfortunately. Yeah. I, I'm going to go ahead and give it to the mother, because she...
2: Uh, oh, I thought you meant Davis's mother. Oh, no,
1: God, no, no. <laughs> Aza's mother. Aza's yeah. mom, because though she... I mean, you could argue that she... I, I don't know if she's good at her job or not. That doesn't matter. But she was she <laughs> a... There, there were parts of her character that were um, a big source of stress and anxiety towards yeah. the protagonist, towards Asia, uh, Isa. And everything that she did to Davis, I thought was kind of rude. And the whole, like, oh, I can't lose you. I can't lose you. Mm-hmm. That to me just wasn't sitting well. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, I'm just going to say, I, she, she's a great mom. She really does yeah, take care yeah. of her. But if we got to cancel someone, got to be the mom.
2: Like, right, what about you? Do you have one?
0: Oh, man. Um... You know, when I, I'll just say what I was going to say originally, Um, I was always thinking Daisy. Interesting. I think, I mean, it could be because it was like a little bit of self-loathing, Um, but I was just like really mad at how little um patience she gave. And I think, I mean, I think talking about it was like nice. And I think yeah. maybe it was just because I saw so much of myself in Daisy, but I kind of hated Daisy
2: yeah but See, I wasn't like
0: a way of how she was written I think she was written really well I think I just like yeah. hated her so much because I saw so much of me
2: in her <laughs> um and I was gonna cancel Holly the server from Applebee's because mm. I thought like it was always just really kind of like too much of a bitch to these high school students like yes Holly I get they're sitting in your section but like the Applebee's is never full like all you have to do is take their order and like leave and drop off the check Honestly, that should be your easiest table. I was a waitress for many, many years. And tables like that, you just kind of let them do their thing and you worry about making tips on the other tables.
0: Yeah, um, and who is at this was Applebee's? Holly. Who like, is at this Applebee's in Indiana either?
2: Like it's probably like no one's Exactly. It seem, so like, I feel like there's a really solid argument for Holly at the Applebee's. All right. All right. Um I'll concede to Holly. Why
0: not? Okay. Yeah, sure. But also All I right. could concede to the mom. I got mommy yeah. issues. See, it can be
2: Tie it can be a tie both ways. <laughs> okay. Um. But now let's talk about our top five. And this one's kind of a doozy. This is going to be our top five parts of Davis's mansion that we never saw in the book, but will now be enjoyed by the Tutura Lizard. Uh. Now that he's a million, a billionaire, um, mm-hmm. that's going to solve immortality. <laughs> Absolutely. Um I'll kick things off because I think I came up with this number 5. Um I feel like there's got to be a slide into a ball pit somewhere in this mansion and I yes. really think this lizard is going to enjoy the fuck out of going from a, a slide into a ball pit.
0: Yes. And if he is having too much fun in the ball pit and he needs a little snack after, I think they should have a Sonic drive-through inside of the mansion. Um I don't know how they get the car in there, but it's important that it is a drive-through. There's yes. a, like a little like uh, like little golf
2: cart or go-kart or something. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yes.
1: There's an on-premise server, always on roller skates, oh. ready and willing to deliver the food. That's and she with only Sony.
2: makes $3 an hour and they don't tip her. <laughs> they
1: don't tip her. Yep. Yeah. Uh, number three, you know, when you're done eating your little snackies from Sonic, uh, and you're a little tired, you want to get some rest, you got to go to the sauna. Oh my God. That lizard's going to hit up the sauna and bake all day. It
2: probably helps him shed his skin whenever he needs to do yeah, that. Yeah. That'd be nice. And it probably best mm-hmm.
1: reflects his natural habitat. So. Um, and
2: yeah. then number two, Nate came up with this one too, it's a bowling alley because it'd be fun for him to slide his little body down the bowling alley and come back up through the ball dispository. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and
1: then... Can I say yeah, that? You yeah. You say number 1. Number one. Absolutely. <laughs> number 1, uh the secret entrance to the butterfly pavilion because much like the movie theater, there is uh there's There's cool so many things. secret passageways. Yeah, there's I got to have a cool secret passageway to cool things and so when you when you need a little snack, just uh pull whatever magical lever or move a painting and behind that is a butterfly pavilion Aww.
0: i was thinking it could be an eye scan that like welcomes him
2: there it would be good or he has to put his little paw up to like a finger sensor yeah yeah, yeah. It's fun. I man we have fun um but that was it for turtles all the way down uh we Ooh. hope you enjoyed listening to this episode and if you enjoyed us maybe you'll follow along with us elsewhere like on instagram where we're at Meggie underscore and underscore laura
0: Yep, we're also on Twitter and TikTok at yeah, reddit And Nate, a lovely, lovely guest and esteemed bestie. Um, where can people find you on social media?
1: Yeah, uh, Twitter's Nate Todd and Instagram's Nate Todd wow. underscore so Good, yeah. good
2: luck finding him. Give folks. your boy
1: a follow. Thank you so much for having me on again. <laughs> yeah, thank I you. I for... love having an excuse to read uh, and being on this podcast.
2: Yeah, I was say thank you for good reading idea. a whole book with us. You know, that I feel I always feel bad that I'm like want to come on the podcast. You have homework, so <laughs> it's <laughs> so great. It's always fun when have fun. Um, but that's gonna be it for this episode and we'll be back next week with our wrap up of our season nine where we're going to really, really relive all of our favorite moments, thoughts and unanswered feelings from this past season because boy was it a roller coaster of good, bad and ugly moments. Um, and I can't wait personally. Me too. All right. All right then. (laughs) All right. We did it. Bye everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you.